Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An Erio's original. I think that being a comedian is really just focusing on the negative, but in a creative way. I actually think it's important. I'm like, hi, I'm writing books for teens. I only just got started mm-hmm. and I'm about to be 40. Like, it's not going to be fast. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Hi, welcome to The Margaret Cho. I'm Margaret Cho. This is the podcast where we talk to people you know and people you should know. And my guest today is somebody you know. It's the incredible Jackie Beat. Yeah, I'm coming out of the dark. Uh, Okay, hi. Um, It's very, very casual. It's very casual. Uh, I have... I have to think about it. Okay, I just do want to point out that, uh, like I said, when I walked in for a drag queen with jet lag, I'm actually early. You are. <laughs> so, you are. But you do so many things. I mean, you're not just on the road and not just doing roasts and not just doing your very famous Christmas show. Mm-hmm. You're also doing writing, which you've written a lot for me over the years. Um, lots of great, great jokes and lots of, I mean, I think if you are a fan of Joan Rivers, me, Ross Matthews, then you're a fan of Jackie Beat. Well, you've written all the jokes. This, you have to walk on eggshells when you're talking about this. No, <laughs> like when I, uh, anytime I do write jokes for someone yeah. or help someone, I mean, I have to be careful the way I phrase it. Mm-hmm. And it really is the truth when I say I help that person yeah. write jokes. Yeah. It's not like, you know, they, I don't think anyone ever once thought, Joan Rivers can't write a joke. No, but it's very much like when you're on um, like a show like Fashion Police where you have to have a million jokes. Mm -hmm. It's really important to have somebody like you back there writing them when you're like still in drag from the show the night before. (laughs) I'll I'll never forget. Once I showed up to Joan's house Mm -hmm. and I showed up in full face, but, you know, shirt and shorts because... It was the only way I could do both. Yeah. I had to sit there in full face, but mm-hmm. half, you know, no wig. Yeah. And she just looked at me like, she really was not phased at all. No, she I said, I have be. a show later. And she's like, oh, I figured. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just come from Gelson's. <laughs> oh, she's the funniest person. Yeah. We, um, I've told this story before. The very first time that I worked with her for Fashion Police, Tony Tripoli said, Joan wants you to come to the house. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is at 
E in a conference room, but yeah. she wants you to come over, just you, me, and Joan, and watch the Grammys. And this was the night after Whitney Houston had died. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're at Joan's house. Mm-hmm. Never met her before. It was me, Tony, and her. And it was unbelievable mm-hmm. like relentless the three of us you know yeah like three of the sickest seriously <laughs> un pc yeah you can imagine what she says on camera what she uh-huh. says off camera <laughs> so we just i picked up on the vibe and yeah. i just went with it the three of us were just relentless yeah and just the most mean-spirited mm-hmm. horrible gallows humor and she turned to me at one point she's get it all out now because we can't say any of this on tv oh. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time you met her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you were writing for that show later. Yeah. You really had a, such a good way of like, your jokes are very, they've got teeth, which is great. Yeah. I remember once I was working with Ross and working with Joan at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we were working on something, Ross and I, and I said a joke and he's like, I'm not Joan. Like yeah. it was, I mean, you talk about two completely very different, different. sides. Yeah. yeah. Like non-threatening gay boy next door, and you know, caustic well, Jewish loudmouth lady. He is like this very sweet young girl. It's such a adorable kind of package to put jokes in, like the kind of feeling. Yes, yeah. It's difficult to remember who you're dealing with because mm-hmm. I think I've said this before. At lunch mm-hmm. or when you're working together, the sickest, darkest sense of humor you've ever heard. Okay. Ross. Yeah, yeah. You know, the complete opposite. Of what you think, yeah. But he knows his brand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I just, you know, he's a queen. Come on. Yeah. I mean, almost every queen has that really mm-hmm. horrible, I'm going to say the worst possible thing. But we have to remember, like, that's not for public consumption. I know. What does that come from? I mean, I think that it, it's like having that dark sense of humor. Like, where is it born out of? Is it come from being bullied? Is it come from like growing up just different? Or where does that darkness come from that we have? Well, I mean, I say this a lot. I think that being a comedian is really just focusing on the negative, mm-hmm. but in a creative way. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's really hard to turn off. Uh huh. You know, mm-hmm. I focus on the negative a lot, but you're taking the piss out of the negative. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? 2,500 people just died. And, and it's horrible, but you have to, you know, in interviews, people are like, how dare you make an AIDS joke? And I'm like, I am a 56-year-old man. Mm-hmm who came out of the closet and became sexually active the day AIDS gave its first press conference. Uh I was like, I'm here, I'm queer. What? Who's that talking over there? What? There's this scary thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if I cannot make a fucking AIDS joke, who can? Yeah. And nobody told Joan Rivers not to make a Holocaust joke. Mm -hmm. That is literally how we survive as a people. Yeah, it's true. It's, It's about rising above it. Yeah. And through humor, we can do that. I, I mean, don't it's need powerful. Who makes jokes about sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows? Well, there's a place for it. There's a place for it, there but is. it's it's kind of like you know, for to, for me, like the darker humor is always the most um, exciting. It's like the most alive. There's an element of danger, mm-hmm. and I talk about this a lot too. People want their comedians and drag queens, you know, just yeah. because drag queens are so outrageous. Anyway, they just want them to push the envelope. And walk right up to the line, but the moment you put your toe over the line, then they're outraged and triggered. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I I've had people 
complain about something, you know, like, I can't believe that you... Okay, we were on stage in Manchester, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't long after the Ariana Grande. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're on stage, and you know how the comedian's mind works. It's like you're kind of in the zone. Yeah. You know, you have to, like, kind of just go there and let, you know... So we're on stage and there's a smoke machine. Uh-huh. Well, the smoke machine all of a sudden goes bonkers and will not turn off. I mean, it was unbelievable how much smoke and we yeah. were commenting on it. And then I said half a sentence. Uh-huh. Is this really such a great idea? You know, right after. And I didn't even finish the sentence. Uh-huh. You'd have thought that I had <laughs> tap danced on the graves of, you know. Uh-huh. Anyway. It was unbelievable, the response. Like, you ruined... The girl sitting next to me was there that night. She burst into tears. I said, first of all, I never even finished the sentence. Yeah, yeah. I kind of realized the, you know... Yeah. But, yeah, I just, you know, you you can't win. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. It's hard because it's like you're kind of faced with that. And in a world that really loves its outrage, people love to, like, get outraged about things. What's that term now? Oh, it's it's called virtue something. Anyway, yeah, it's that but <laughs> virtue it's, signaling or something. Yeah. Just kind of like I, you're horrible, and I'm I'm yeah. more evolved than you. But we've all been through that kind of tragedy, and and we want to be able to uh, find a way out of it. So humor is kind of the the reflex reaction. Well, I have said this before. If you think that you just accidentally, like I just accidentally revealed what a racist or misogynistic, homophobic, whatever person, if you think I just accidentally revealed that on stage, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. Mm -hmm. That's not the way comedians work. That's not the way people work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I tried to make a joke and it failed. Yeah. It went too far, didn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. shouldn't have made it in the first place, whatever. It's so, it, yeah, it's hard. But, you know, you, th- you would think with the Manchester thing, just because in, like, the British mind, dark humor is really king. Like, that's really, like, they mm-hmm. love a dark, dark joke, like, when it's very tragic yeah. and really hideous. Because but thing- not a fight, uh, uh, not a 14-year-old cisgender white girl. Sorry. Okay. You know, this is an Ariana Grande fan yeah. who came to see, you know, Jinx Monsoon. Aww. I'm just saying it's not, it's different. Things it have different. changed. It is and different. Here's the thing that I often say I'm like, there's always that one thing. I'm like, so the AIDS joke and the 9 11 joke and the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all these jokes were fine. Mm-hmm. And I've had people literally go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So we can laugh at everything except for the one thing that yeah, affected you. It's I don't know. Like it, it's very selective in its sort of offense to be offended. Well, that's why there are certain rules mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we need to follow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if religious people followed the number one rule, which is judge not, right, we'd be fine. Yeah. If Americans, in quotes and italics, followed the number one rule, which is all men are created equal, we'd be fine. Yeah. And if people coming to a comedy show just, you know, knew that nothing is sacred and that this is an, a safe place where we can say anything and that's not how we really feel mm-hmm. and we are being ironic mm-hmm. and we're, you know, trying to take the scary stuff out of something that's really scary. It's just there are just rules. There's rules. There's and, rules. you know, 
No, you have a podcast about ju- the ju- where you're a judge. <laughs> well, it has already ended. What happened? I wanted to be on the it. Delightful. Yeah. I wanted to be on well, it. Well, I'm going to do something new. Okay. That's similar, but I can't get sued. Okay. Because obviously the producer slash creator came up with the idea of a drag queen judge, even mm-hmm. though it's been done several times. I'm not going to say her name, uh-huh. but it didn't end well. Okay. We did a third season and really upped our game and thought, okay, people are really responding to this. Mm-hmm. Let's really, you know, because it started out really janky. So anyway, and then all of a sudden when, you know, big sponsors were interested and it kind of seemed like this is going to really, you know, something good can happen from this. She sent me uh, an agreement mm-hmm. that was... <laughs> So unbelievable. Mm. Like you will be paid a non-sag day rate. Oh. And I own your image in perpetuity and I can replace you at any time. Oh, God. Yeah, for a show called Judge Jackie. Uh Uh-huh. And when I said, is this a joke? Uh Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, maybe she said, I got that online, this agreement online. She said, and I gave it to my lawyer and he we worked on it together for an entire week. Oh. So I can't believe. And I said, well, does it not say this? And does it not say that? And she's like, don't you know how this works? If there's something you don't like, you just negotiate. Mm-hmm. I said, that's what you say to a fucking stranger that you're trying to pull one over on. Right. And I said, I'm done. And she's like, mm-hmm. what? I was like, you just showed me your ass and mm-hmm. it's not cute. Yeah. Well, so. I still think you would be a great judge. <laughs> <laughs> I was born to judge. Honey. I know. I love it. I, I think that's great. It. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said, it's somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I love the idea of you judging and like you kind of like setting the tone. Mm-hmm. I also love a charm school. If you had a charm school, that would be oh, good. That would be good. Like a headmistress of a charm school. Yeah, that's good. Or maybe we could make it a little more modern, if you will. And mm-hmm. could it just be sort of... Like Martha Stewart, sla- mm. you know, like people just come with like sort of social and, you know, problems. Like how to throw a party. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. the proper etiquette, like an etiquette school or char- like not necessarily charm school or a reform school. <laughs> <laughs> I like you as in sort of a, a headmistress position. An authori- authoritarian. Author- authoritarian, but an iron hand with a, in a velvet glove. <laughs> There you go. Kind of look. I like that idea. I don't have to. I don't have to put on nails. Oh yes. Oh, that is that the hard. What's the hardest thing about drag? Everything probably putting it all together, putting it all on. I just have to say, it really sucks. It sucks. The whole. I thing? mean, I get so mad. Like Dina Martina is a friend of mine. Yes. And I'm like you, fucking bitch. Are yeah. we allowed to say fuck? Yeah. Fucking fuck, fuck, fuck you, Dina Martina. No, Dina Martina can do her makeup in like 15 minutes. Oh yeah, it's fast. Yeah. It's very fast. Well, yeah. it's just kind of well, Dina, it's is, just kind of a wig and then a little messy lipstick. Yeah, sort of a Bell's palsy lip. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, do you know my Bell's palsy story? No. Some guy online who I don't know said, "Will you come host this thing I'm doing called Karaoke Idol?" Mm-hmm. It's going to be at Fubar. And I was like, "Sure." And maybe you can get some of your uh, famous friends to be judges, you mm-hmm. know, like Roseanne or Margaret Cho. I think they, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, OK, you know, it was at Fubar, So I was kind of like, I don't know who, you know, it's not yeah. really that big of a deal. So anyway, it was like some Tuesday. I had the night off, got in full drag, mm-hmm. which we'll get back to what a pain in the ass it is to get in drag. Yeah. But you have to do these every once in a while. Yeah. It was an AIDS benefit. It was for like the AIDS ride L.A. or whatever. So I get in full drag. I talked Ross into coming with me. Mm-hmm. We show up. I've never met the guy. 
they're like, oh, he's right over there. So I walk up and I'm like, hi, I'm here. And he's like, hey, how are you? And I was like, good. And he's, I'm like, uh, Ross, you know, said, maybe you know Ross from The Tonight Show. This was uh-huh. you know, back then. And he's like, oh, hi, yeah, great. And I said, um, you know, maybe we could both, I could host and maybe I could be a judge. I know you wanted three judges. Maybe we can find one more fabulous person. Who knows? Maybe a friend of mine is showing up. He's like, great. That sounds terrific. And he was just very like so low key and uh-huh. just giving me nothing. And in my head, I'm like, it's a Tuesday. And I just spent three hours getting ready for uh-huh. this fucking asshole. Like literally in my head, I'm <laughs> yeah. just trying to hang on for dear life. So I said, do you want to start right at nine or like l- want to let it fill up a little more? And he's like, yeah, whatever you think. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Uh-huh. And he's like, what? And I said, what is wrong with you? It's like, you can't even crack a fucking smile. <laughs> and he goes, I actually can't. I have Bell's palsy. <laughs> and that was my, the moment where I learned, do not take things personally. <laughs> you don't have to push everything. And you'd think I'd learned my lesson. <laughs> I did a show a couple years ago where a woman walked in during uh-huh. the first song. Uh-huh. She was seated right in the front. And it wasn't like this giant place. Yeah. So it was like, you know, excuse me, excuse me. you know. The, and she sat down right in the front row. And then when the song was over, she didn't clap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, excuse me? I said, not uh-huh. only do you show up late and like kind of make a scene during my first number, but now you won't even fucking clap. Uh-huh. And she just looked at me and like with nothing I said, I want I want you to clap. And then uh-huh. the room started clapping. No, no, just her. Uh-huh. I want you to clap. And she was just like, and I wouldn't let it go. And I kept bringing it up during the show. <laughs> and when it was over, her friend said, she actually has this fused, like, she can't her. She has a physical deformity where she can't clap. Oh. Oh. And I said, well, she can do this, can't she? And I kind of <laughs> banged yeah. my fists together so you know you think you've learned a lesson can't win can't win can't win but i mean it's always something (laughs) i mean you know sometimes people are just you know you know they're not laughing and i'll like some old queen i'm like you know is it not funny or is this just really cheap botox and your face doesn't move why do we focus on the one person we a always room full do. of people laughing. And we one always person. focus on the one person because it's kind of like you want to be able to please everyone. It's so, sort of that feeling of like, you know, you get a million positive reviews and the one negative one or the one troll yeah. that you pay all the attention to. Have you seen Shrill? No. Oh, no. my God. I'm sure I would love it. I'm sure AD I would love Bryant's it. Yeah, I love her. It's so amazing. She's so cool. And at the end of one episode, this isn't like a, a big spoiler alert or anything, but she writes an article and it's like a big hit and it's mm-hmm. really great. And then it's just like, this is so amazing. This is what I needed to read today. Da, 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 da. And then like all of a sudden, like a picture of a pig and like you're a fat bitch and and you just see her face. Oh. And that's the end of the, the, the one episode. And you're like... <sighs> There's always someone who has to ruin it's it. It's always that one thing. Yeah. And it's like, why do we always look to that? And then the person that's doing that, like a troll isn't isn't looking at the quality of the work. They're just like jealous. Oh, of course not. They're just like angry. All he did was look at the picture of the girl who wrote the story. Yeah. The woman, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but that, um, that's, it's like they're not even like, it's not even a real assessment of what you're doing. No, yeah. I remember, this is such a weird, this is, my brain is so disconnected, and mm-hmm. then you add the jet lag. But I remember when Alexis Arquette died, mm-hmm. 
I posted something, and I mean, Bunny posted something like, I love how everyone is saying that Alexis Arquette was such a sweetheart. She was a lot of things, but she was not a sweetheart. Uh That was a total cunt, blah, 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 blah. But rest in peace, you total cunt. Uh That's the way to do it. She had met her. She knew her. Mm -hmm. It's kind of true. She wasn't the most, you know, she was to me. Mm -hmm. We were best friends. Yeah. But I posted something about Alexis and, you know, I'm so sad and blah, blah, blah. And somebody, I can't believe, like, my friend is dead. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And somebody was like, I can't believe that people are paying tribute to this fucking freak, this Uh. no talent, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And it upset me so much because for many reasons, Mm -hmm. just why would you even bother? Yeah, why? But second of all, it bothers me that like somebody just looks at Alexis Arquette or somebody like that and thinks this is a talentless freak. Yeah. Do your fucking research. Yeah. I mean, Alexis Arquette was in an off-Broadway show called Libra, mm-hmm. where he played Lee Harvey Oswald mm-hmm. and had to learn Russian. Mm-hmm. And Laurie Metcalf played his mother. And mm-hmm. he was in this movie, this horror movie from New Zealand called um, Jack Be Nimble. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, like, I saw it after we were friends. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is a supremely talented person. Yeah. Like, off the charts. Mm-hmm. And then that's not even talking about such an amazing artist. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen any of, uh, yeah. and I say he and she, and I go back yeah. and forth depending on like what part of his life or her life we're talking about. But I mean, paintings that would blow your mind yeah, and not, not even think they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I was just doodling. And yeah. it's like, so anyway, that upsets me that people just dismiss people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like their own prejudices and their own um, insecurities. Yeah. And I do it. The proof is that I see this young queen on Drag Race Mm -hmm. and this like little bit of bitterness creeps in and I'm like, oh, they're untalented, blah, blah. You know, 90% of this business, especially now, is just do people want to spend time with you? Are Mm -hmm. you funny, charming? You know, can you help them escape from their lives? It's not about... And I don't want to... Now I'm being... I don't want this to sound like a backhanded comment, but it's not about being... Janis Joplin was not the best singer in the world. Mm-hmm. It's ne- there. A lot of people can sing, mm-hmm. but they have no star quality. There's nothing, yeah. you know, so I'm admitting that I have done it where I've dismissed these younger queens. Mm-hmm. And then you go on the road with them and it's like, oh, my God, no wonder everyone loves you. Yeah. You're adorable. Is there anybody that you really are excited about when you see it? Like, I like... Um, Aldi, is it Aldi Evie? Uh-huh. She's really magnificent. I mean, yeah, I think just I mean, the creative just, exactly. and interesting. And I haven't seen, I think it's called Nightgowns. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sasha Velour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people just like, it will blow you away, the level of artistry and like, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like this um, thing of like, I think there there's a generation coming in, up now of queens who were raised on Drag Race who Mm -hmm. watched it and like now had a good decade or so to kind of like be in this embryonic state of like, what can I do? And like absorbing all the stuff and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Which is magical. It is. It is. I mean, there's a part of me that will always be old school. Yeah. You know, it's like the difference between a comedian who has worked night after night after night after night in crappy clubs for no money or shit money or Mm -hmm. losing money for years. That's Mm -hmm. how you hone your craft. And I can always tell a queen who has worked in clubs night after night after night and ones, you know, but it's the difference between a comedian like that and somebody like YouTube sensation. Right. 
It's different. It's and very I've different. been on gay cruises where they'll hire the you know two cute young you know twinks yeah. who do these hilarious videos. It's not. I'm not saying it's not. Listen, I'm just saying a two minute video mm-hmm. is very different than a one hour show on a cruise ship full of queens yeah. who didn't pay to see the show. Right. And there's three other things going on. Mm-hmm. So when you're on a cruise ship and you can keep that audience mm-hmm. and you're at my level, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Not, yeah. you know, you're not some superstar. Mm-hmm. I, you know, anyway. I think that your your take on show business to me is very, it's very much in the genre of like a Paul Lind or like a match game, like that era where you had like these cabaret performers taking on television. So that's sort of what you do for me in this um, oh. arena. I think that's a good, I think that's a good descriptor. Yeah. I mean, well, for the longest time, I was very proud to be the drag queen who could write, Mm -hmm. write a magazine article, interview somebody, uh, write jokes for somebody, Mm -hmm. then sing with a rock group. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe be in an off-Broadway show Mm -hmm. and just kind of well-rounded. And there's things I can't do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't do a wig to save my life. I think your wigs are nice. You look well, good I don't in the do wig. them. You don't do them. Well, no, you know, saying, but you can wear one spectacularly. Yeah. I remember once RuPaul, this was kind of early, like one of the early seasons. Uh-huh. Ru was walking station to station on Drag Race and there was a queen. And she's like, what's wrong? And the queen was like, I just hate doing my makeup. Uh-huh. And Ru had the audacity, the unmitigated gall to go, really? I love doing my makeup. I was like, bitch, when was the last time you did your makeup? <laughs> but I have no problem with that. Yeah. I mean, pull out the credit card, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I I can't do certain things, mm-hmm. but you could put me in almost any situation other than maybe a dance number. I, think I couldn't could do, do dancing could, with the stars. Well, yeah, you could. I think you could. I think you could. Okay. Your yeah. singing is always really, well, really good. Well, that's my favorite. Yeah. That's the funnest. And yeah. all of this, like the song parodies, It is. it is on the level of like, the be- I think you have the best song parodies. I like Bitch Slapped is one of my favorite songs. Oh, that's a good songs. one. To Witchcraft. <laughs> I love it because it's a standard. I love doing standards mm-hmm. because they're, first of all, musically, there's just lots of lyrics and lots of rhyming. And you and have a good fun. voice for it. You and also there's something about like this old school song and then horrible lyrics yeah but you yeah. have a surly bassy kind of like you have a uh, and like a mix with a bit of a crooner too you know it's a beautiful a li- voice li- liquidity yes and it's very um it's sonorous and it's soaring so you can do a lot of different things oh. well my favorite sometimes when i sing dildos are forever mm-hmm. which is surely bassy. bassy i am like literally while i'm singing it i'm like Oh my god! It sounds good. Like it sounds really. It does good. sound really good. Is there like a favorite song parody? That is it that one or I like Baby Got Front because there's so many words. That's one of my classics. Lots of jokes. There's so many jokes in Baby Got Front. Yeah, I mean it's almost like so relentless that I think that people miss half of it, and it's very <laughs> repetitive. I mean you have to do the whole song about big dicks. But it's great because there's it's so only, many jokes, and it's one of a hundred songs that I have about big dicks. Yes. Yeah, my new. One of my newer songs, and it's not even that new, but uh, Tammy Wynette, D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Oh, do you remember yes, that yes, one? yes, yes. Well, I do it as L-G-B-T-Q and A. <laughs> and at the end, uh-huh. one verse is literally me going A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> like how like now it's every letter. Anyway, it's yeah, just, yeah. That's good. And that's really fun. I love country, old countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do, uh, 
I think it's Tammy Wynette. Um, I don't want to play house, but I do it. I'm as big as a house. And oh, that's it's just a good about one. how I can't lose weight. And at the very end, I go, I would do anything to lose weight except diet and exercise. <laughs> yeah, I love those old. And I love yeah. just like, I love camp. Yeah. And just old school. Yeah. Camp is, is a dying art. I think it camp is. Camp is so fun. You know what proves that camp is a dying art? Ooh. When the Met Gala. Oh, does, and they didn't know what camp and was. And people didn't know how they to do know. it. They didn't know. They thought it was just feathers. <sighs> they don't know. No. It was sad, actually. But it they don't was know. very sad and very depressing. Do you think any of them got it? I thought, I thought Billy Porter was good. Billy Porter was stunning, mm-hmm. as always. Yeah. But... I don't know. There's something about camp that to me that needs to have a little ironic twist. Yeah. And also like, it's always fun if people are wondering whether you're serious or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like nobody does Bjork in a swan dress anymore. Everybody has. And even if somebody tries to do something weird, it's so convoluted and overthought yeah it's just yeah for the for the notes on camp like it just didn't nobody really understood humor and it's so sad that nobody really didn't well i actually um natasha leone was good she had the she looked like a a a patrick nagel like she walked out of a a patrick nagel and it was kind of like sigourney weaver in ghostbusters (laughs) you know when she's like possessed I i don't think i saw she had Natasha. like a, a very severe look. It kind of looked like an old school Olivia, kind uh-huh. of, you know, like with a weird like winged um, kind of very angular, triangular eyeliner, big weird shapes. Right. So she was kind of blocky and like a asymmetrical, very asymmetrical yeah, that's always and important. 80s, you know. OK, I have to look it up. Oh, wait a minute. They're showing me a photo. Yeah, it was. OK. It was really severe. Oh my God, so it's good. It's really good. Like I was like, oh, that's really, really good because it's it's kind of like a Patrick Nagel, but it's also kind of like an 80s, um, like a Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> I love it. So I like that one. I love that she looks more like a faux Nagel. Those, those, that's right. The ones in the beauty shop. Yeah. Where it's like... Where it's where like... everybody was doing that style. You're talking on the telephone and it's melting. Yeah. Or like you're eating a maraschino cherry, which, you know, nobody in the Nagels ate, but it's that kind of like weird approximation. It's, yeah. There was a... Do you remember Paper Moon greeting yes. cards in yes. the 80s? Mm-hmm. God, it was obsessed. Mm-hmm. And K-Rock used to have an annual... Um, calendar it was just a poster with right. one image and then the months on the bottom yeah and i remember they did uh, debbie harry once and it was that style oh, you yeah. can look up i can't remember the artist's name but i looked up they're so amazing it's I like, like photorealism but yeah then they yeah things are melting and super yeah. glossy and... i love that it's like a girl's room who's probably like 12 in like 1982 mm-hmm. and what her poster would be yeah you know like alongside the um the cat like a kitten hanging from a branch is hanging there Hang in there or like a baby with spaghetti on the head mom said there'd be days like this yeah yeah exactly and then you would have and like are you girl are you a lisa thing. frank fan yes I yeah i mean frank. like we need what's the new lisa frank i don't know i don't know but i think like yeah if i was going to notes on camp i would probably be maybe sherry lewis and lamb chop like i would bring like my dog as lamb chop right that's what not I think. selene not selene oh selene's a good lamb chop <laughs> she is too. a good lamb chop she's a really really good lamb chop She's such a good lamb chop. I wanted to slap some she's, mint jelly on she's her. She's the perfect lamb chop. Mm-hmm. But then, um, yeah, what would yeah. you do? What would you do for the notes on camp? 
I'm really under the spotlight, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, where would you, where would you, where would you draw? I think I well, would maybe go in the Joanne Worley direction. Like, if I, mm, if that's forced. That's good. I mean, you know, I, I do love my B. Arthur. Of course. One oh, Halloween, yes. I did Zombie Arthur, which that's was hilarious. Total B. Arthur, but zombie. I do love when you play B. Arthur because that is really perfect for you. It's she's my spirit animal. She is perfect. We're doing for you. it again in January. Mm. Yeah. Which episode are you doing? I'm not sure yet. You don't. You don't. The last two were amazing. Yeah. Like really, it was two very bitchy cat fight. Like everything you want from the Golden Girls. Right. It was the one where. Um, Dorothy goes to work with Blanche at the museum mm-hmm. because she has to take 10 weeks off from her substitute teaching. Mm. Um, anyway, we're, 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 we got to figure out what episode. And that'll we're be at doing. Casita? Yeah. So people and figure have to out see. what, uh, who our special guests will it's be. It's so good. It's so good. So now I, I could talk to you forever, but I just want people to know where they can find you um, online. Is it oh. like, what's your socials? Social media? All my socials are Jackie Beat. All together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am going on tour with Dita Von Teese as her as the host of her. Oh, up, that's great. Upcoming show called Glaminatrix. That's great. I was online bitching about the fact that I, you know, I haven't been on Drag Race, so she doesn't get first class. So <laughs> I'm asking people to Venmo me tips. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jackie Dash Beat. Honey, there is no room for dignity in show business. No, you've got to get that first class. Yeah. You've well, you've got to get you know, it. I, I could that's such a white lady problem, but I, I <laughs> there is one level below first class called premium, mm-hmm. which I will take. Yeah. I don't need to have, you know, a foot massage and my own walk in shower yeah. on the plane. Well, thank you, Jackie. Oh my god, is it over? It's over. Did I completely humiliate myself? No, you were perfect. You were so funny. And you're the best. You're the best. Isn't that Thanks. the best way to end it? Thanks, Jackie. Let's kiss each other's asses. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And next up, we have a great talk with amazing author Mary Choi. Thank you for coming here. You just got off a plane. I did indeed. And I'm so ecstatic to be here of all places. I was just like, yay. Yeah, I'm so glad. And this is like you're in the middle of like this book tour. It's so great. It is a lot of different adjectives roiling deep inside me simultaneously. No, it is really great. I'm really lucky. But it's that thing of like first week sales. It's just like anything Mm -hmm. unless you're like a hit out the gate. It's like you don't count. So like, you know, we're front loading everything and I'm tap dancing and doing the stuff. No, it's great though. The other thing too about the writing that I specifically do is that I write YA. So mm-hmm. it's for an, a younger audience. And so there is something about like looking into the shiny eyeballs of teens and being like, hi, mm-hmm. like I am significantly older than you. Like here are my secrets and my thoughts. And like just that reassurance aspect of it. I think there's something sort of inherently nice about someone who 
if you're having like an existential crisis about like what you're doing in school or how you're doing or where you're going to go to college, how you're going to afford college, like talking to someone who like, that's the other thing, like representationally speaking, it's like maybe like if you are a child of an immigrant, you don't know any authors who look like you. Mm -hmm. So that's also an aspect of it that I think is really important. And a lot of the time, all I'm saying when I'm up there is like, hey, like it took me a really long time to get here. I didn't know that this is what I was going to do for a long time. It's okay. When you don't have that representation out there I think for me really it was about Amy Tan was really oh, important oh man you yes, know totally. she was so significant and that she had um, such a huge following that were mostly people who didn't have an understanding of what she was talking about, you know? No, totally. If you think about like a pre Joy Luck Club world Mm -hmm. and like, and then everything that that movie did too, it's like, I just love how little exposition there needed to be. It was just like, this is just like what the cultural tapestry is Mm -hmm. like, you know, all of that. And like everybody ate it up. And like, I remember growing up, I mean, obviously, like, Amy Tan, obviously you, like, you're so important to me. Yeah, like, hugely, hugely, especially as a Korean. Like, you know, Amy Tan, I remember reading, like, a piece of trivia that she was, like, in a band, like, she had a band with, like, Stephen King or something. And I was just (laughs) like, how do you get there? That's so established. That's so just dreams and goals. It's so cool. She's funny. She's like... um, Do you, like, know her, know her? I know (gasps) her very, very marginally, very little bit. She's like, come to a couple of comedy shows and then... When she came, she had she's so tiny, but she had the most giant uh, baseball jacket that was from The Simpsons. So <gasps> she's friends with Matt Groening. So it was like a huge baseball jacket to swimming in and a giant bag. And I was like, what's going on? And she had three or four Yorkies on her person, like a couple in the jacket, a couple in the bags, just walking around, said hi, and was like, it was so a beautiful kind of like mystical no totally like i think i would get like an admiration nosebleed if i saw her in that outfit because she also knows matt grody like that that's so many levels of clout so cool yeah she's so cool yeah she sounds so cool because you you have this expectation right because she's like you know she's so like storied and esteemable but the fact that she's wearing this like amazing thing that could maybe be from like opening ceremony or like Dover yes. Street Market. Yeah. And having like animals in it. And, and having animals. It's really, it was really cute. And it was sort of like, you know, when you're Amy Tan, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And also that's <laughs> like such a testament to like sometimes meet your heroes. Yes. <laughs> now, so you're going to be, so do you read or, because I never know, like I always think, oh, and when I do a book reading, I'm going to read, but then I think, oh, I don't even know if anybody, because you're going to have the book. Right. So and maybe, then maybe they haven't read it yet. And yeah. so, I actually don't read and I've like talked about it a few times because sometimes bookstores are like, er, like they're so confused. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just feel like it's a little bit like either watching someone play video games <laughs> and then just like wondering when your part is. And then also like having someone tell you about a dream they once had because you're mm-hmm. just kind of sitting there waiting, being like, mm, I don't know if this is like really pertains to me in any way. So mm-hmm. but obviously, too, with with, you know, like someone like you, it's like people are just like here to see you. Mm-hmm. And so like I actually just pad the Q&A portion a lot yeah that's good and like young people are hilarious as we all know because they will be like I did a high school yesterday in Chicago and I just kind of got roasted because Uh the only like corollary I can imagine is like maybe like being a comedian in like a Chinese banquet hall where like mm-hmm. everyone there is so disinterested. It was like seventh period. They oh. all had the post lunch slump oh, no. and I was just like watching them and like you know all my my entire soul just went straight to my sphincter and I was like fuck I have like an entire hour of this but you know they they will just ask you like hey like how much do you make 
uh-huh. like, hey, how old are you? Mm-hmm. And actually, those things are really nice because they're never the questions that you'd anticipate. And I, right. I actually think it's important. I'm like, hi, I'm writing books for teens. I only just got started mm-hmm. and I'm about to be 40. Like, yeah. yes, like this, like it's not going to be fast because yeah. I think that instant gratification is such a huge thing that people expect now. I think that kids, I think, appreciate, you know, maybe an honest a summing up of what it takes to get to a place of success. Totally. Yeah. And like, I just don't think that there's so much transparency because so much of the narrative is oftentimes then, you know, this person did a thing and then humana, humana, yada, 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 viral, yada, 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 pivot, yeah. and now rich. And like, yeah. that's as much exposition as you usually get. Yeah. It's very different. I mean, it's almost like society began at 2012. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like if you were like working before that and had some significance before that, it's almost like it's irrelevant because everything is now, it's just like if it's viral or if it you know yeah and actually the internet's memory is like so so shallow it's like because and I grew up in a time where like you know like pre-tumblr like circa like zines and stuff where so much knowledge was like tactile and like Mm -hmm. kind of not like cloistered deliberately but like genuinely niche and fringe Mm -hmm. and like wouldn't you just gag and be so happy if like every sort of zine and magazine or even like album artwork from like back then from like just anything, if that could be on the internet, that would be such so much yeah. more robust. It would be. I mean, zines especially. Like, I if there could be like a fact sheet five where you could stream a zine, or mm. even like, because um, there were some really genius things that happened with zines. Oh, and totally. Fact sheet five. Did you get fact sheet five? I did not. I was. I grew up in Hong Kong, so I mm-hmm. had this like very weird thing where like a lot of like my pop culture would arrive like on a boat <laughs> and so yeah. like I'd be like seven months behind everything but very passionate just yes, late of course of course um but yeah like I just you know I just think about like I don't know that that sort of niche thing I do miss subculture being a very separate thing and I do mm-hmm. miss like certain things like that requiring like genuine creativity beyond like branding and I'm not saying that self-branding isn't hard and like artful it totally is but like there are certain things that like I miss about niche culture bringing people together Mm -hmm. you know yeah there's something to the way that we used to live where we didn't have the ability to look up things online or we had to like research artists through uh the library or um (laughs) (laughs) i know but it's like we had to actually employ like paper and periodicals yeah. to figure out what we liked and how to get there. And then you would turn around and then like infect someone with that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how things grew organically. Yeah. And it wasn't always about like how to like monetize it either. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. like that that stuff too, like, I mean, obviously I'm not sitting here being like the internet sucks because the internet is a magical, oh, yeah, magical course. thing. But like there are aspects to like you know, that thing, like discovery that I think is really different. I do miss that, that sort of the the patience that I would have to get a zine in the mail. I have a question. So like, I kind of agree with you, like pre-Instagram, pre this version of internet, it's like, you know, information isn't quite there. Do you ever feel like there are like holes in what people know about you because of that like thing? Because like, I think so. Yeah. yeah, Like what what, what do you wish like got more like shine, I guess? I guess uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe more of my comedy specials or maybe more of, I mean, that's mostly it. Like, so now it's like none of that is out there as much as I would like. So That's, that's something I would like to put out more, I guess, or put out more of them. 
That's actually re- interesting. So like I can't find like the classic you doing the egoist commercial moron stuff like that. That, <laughs> that whole might be out there on YouTube. YouTube but it's is probably only, only a lives. clip though, but yeah. not that whole special. That's I think interesting. So. Yeah, I think so. I think we should get on. That. I think it would be Dearest good to get it. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, get it out there. Um, yeah, sort of those classic things. We're also like, yeah, stand up comedy is it's all very fast and very modern. So it's it's like mm. I'd like to get more out there. But maybe it's just about like, oh, I should just do more and put more out. But isn't that the trap? Because that's what we always end up thinking. Like the yeah. internet always just makes you think, or maybe I should do more. Yeah, or just yeah. add more. Yeah. But you know, like sometimes I'll I'll like uncover things that I did and I have no memory of doing it. Really? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, whoa, who is that? Like, and it's so funny because it's just, there were so many things happening and yeah, show business was so different. Right. So I, I just don't have the same kind of like, memory for it or you know i'm not reminded of it it's it's just different and comedy is covered in a different way from like music or other kinds of entertainment like how so this is so interesting sorry i'm just like <laughs> asking you all the questions like I, I think because comedy is so specific to if you're going to see somebody in a nightclub or in like a special so it's kind of live so the way that we digest it is less formal than like a record like an album like an artist you know or um you know, if you think about like all of Madonna's phases, we do have mm. like distinct memories of like, okay, well, this is what bedtime stories looks like. This is what, uh, you know, La Isla Bonita looks like. This yeah. is like, you know, her Evita stage and that kind of stuff. But with comedy, it's not as clear cut. That's interesting because it's true. Comedy is so iterative and it evolves mm-hmm. so quickly. It's mm-hmm. almost like the the first viral form of like art mm-hmm. in, a lot, in a lot of ways. And like, that's interesting to think about in in the scope of like how much more all of that is like very streamable but predates streaming by mm-hmm. so much yes yeah, yeah that would be really cool i mean, like i'm just like giving internet people jobs i'm like i need an archive of that like <laughs> that would be a good yeah. thing i mean uh but it's also i think because comedy is really all about dissent so it's about this mm. sort of like protest of whatever is happening in culture so that's another kind of thing it's almost like commentary on what's happening so is it you know, does it is it does it create culture or is it um, just something subverting that is like, it? And obs- yeah, yeah, like it's, so. It's hard to know like the place of it. You know, it's it's just interesting to think about. Also, comedy changes so much that I can also imagine like maybe occasionally being grateful that some of the things that different people have said in different eras, or maybe just not on the internet yeah, because then yeah. who knows it's like even cancel culture it's like someone could so easily be like 17 years ago you uh-huh. said this thing that was like a little purple in this way and yes. it's like not as like woke as it would be now etc yeah. etc et yeah i think there's a i mean there's a lot of that and then but yeah that's also what i don't understand too is like why would you put those ideas out there on something like twitter or you know like some yeah. people have done and they get in trouble for it i guess Maybe because they think it can be erased with time or yeah, something. But yeah, yeah. Or maybe they just took the wrong ambient and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Cancel culture is weird too because I think can you can you can come back from cancellation? I think you can <laughs> if you're a dude, evidently. Yeah, but the, I mean, but the other thing about cancel culture that's so interesting that actually really does give me pause. I think it's amazing that we hold each other account- accountable. Yeah. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand the part of cancel culture when you cancel someone out, mm-hmm. you like suck up all their power. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the person who canceled you ends up getting so much of your juice. Yes. And so it kind of incentivizes canceling in a way that mm-hmm. I feel is a little bit like suspect and yeah. or just that that part of it gives me pause. It's one thing of like all of that warlock energy like dissipated into the ether. Uh-huh. But like the fact that you can get 
famous off of being the first one to be indignant about something right. like is is kind of wild. But it's um yeah, it's definitely interesting to watch. Yeah, that's it's true. Definitely... <laughs> I wouldn't not call it not entertaining. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like definitely like a it's a sign of our time. It is. And it's kind of like, yeah, schadenfreude, you know, that's like the enjoyment of other people's this, suffering. Yeah. Anytime like glee at other people's misfortune, like, I mean, that is a poison unto itself. Like mm-hmm. you're just drinking that poison. But the other thing, and I'm curious about this just because you've been like in the public eye for so long, like the appetite for like having a special moment with a famous person. Mm -hmm. Like, do you ever feel like it's a little bit like, not like vampiric, but when like people are just like, I need a selfie with you and I need to have a special moment with you. And like, I need to be seen by you in a very specific way. I need you because you're funny. I need to you to think I'm funny. Do you ever feel that energy? And do you feel Uh, like it's heightened now? I think it's nice. Well, I think it's nice because I've I've like really perfected the idea of the workaday celebrity where it's like really nobody Mm. really cares. But it's great because it's like sometimes it comes in handy and then I don't need it to make me feel a certain way. But it is something like. I can reap all the benefits of being a quote unquote celebrity, but I don't have any of the negative things like a lot of people have. Like I know really famous people who would have to put on like a mask to go outside to walk their dog or something, which is also it's uh, that in itself is another funny right. thing that's like kind of so, stupid. But it's like really, <laughs> but it is kind of true. Like you know, if we were out somewhere, we couldn't do anything because they were so famous that it would hold hold anything up. Nobody really holds me up. But okay, so you're like beloved. You're mm-hmm. like you you as an Asian person, mm-hmm. as an Asian human being mm-hmm. working in the arts, like you are like a treasure. Yeah, it's good. And also, you're like the one who everybody who says when they met you mm-hmm. that you're like so nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And like that's sometimes good. it's also I'm just like embarrassing myself. But like sometimes it's like a mark of like, well, have you met Margaret Cho yet? Oh, yeah, I did. We were at a dinner. It's, and so it's like this thing of like, I don't know. It's just like this like benchmark of like just like niceness so that's yeah so like i i really yeah i I certainly can't imagine there being a negative to that or there being like like a i don't know just like a i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no it's really it's it is really good i appreciate that you know and that's also very asian american too because it's that sort of respect to elders kind Mm. of thing you know of like that and that's really, I think, um, one of the great things is I never got that from um, the older generation when I was younger because they were really horrified by you know the fact that I was just so dirty and that I was doing the comedy and right. you know and then like why is this happening and Koreans were really mad because I uh, I come to prominence right after the LA riots. So they were so protective of their image oh, that I, I was a real problem. I thought about that. Yeah, so they were just like, kind of just still building it back up again and they were just so angry that here's you know me doing comedy, talking about gay stuff in right, the 90s. the queer was, stuff in the 90s, yeah, totally. It was very totally. bad. So they were really against me, but um, the best thing about it is that all those people died. <laughs> and that's the awesome thing about like our culture is that when you're the elder no matter who you were when you were young you still get the like the respect so that's you good. don't but you don't have like young bucks coming in and trying to like take the crown and like testing you and stuff like that oh no but they should take the crown because that's the whole point i i was reading this thing about um donald glover and chevy chase backstage at snl Amazing. and how uh mean chevy chase was to donald glover and how undignified that is for somebody who 
will not allow the younger generation to step into the light, you know? And that's what it is. And it's like, I think that's really true. It's like you have to let the younger generation walk over the bridge that you, you know, erected. Totally. And, and have a lot of grace and dignity about it. So, yeah. But also, that is, if you felt that threatened, why mm-hmm. would you then give them that much agency and power to yeah. see how threatened you are? Yeah. Like, I would, like... Yeah, just even not to be on some like art of war shit, but like I would just kill with kindness and yeah. be like, <laughs> I'm going to drink your blood later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's amazing. Whenever I see Asian American stars, which are there's quite a few m- much more now. It's I so know. exciting. It's like it's, it's such really a boom time. It is. And then it's kind of like also is this really because there were a lot of like Asian American sitcoms that were made pilots that didn't get picked up anywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe they. Maybe the white people changed their mind. Right. Maybe they didn't mean it. Because you know what? That happened once before. Like yeah. after your show, 20 yeah. years before Fresh yeah. Off the Boat. Yeah. Because my show and Joy Luck Club came up, up at the same time. And then at that time, we thought, oh, maybe things are going to change. And then they didn't. So maybe what is it? We have to wait another 25 years again. I don't. I hope not. I mean, I hope not either. But I do know what you mean. Like mm-hmm. the white people do change their minds. They change their minds. Yeah. And it's so it's kind of the thing of like, I get really get excited when I see, um, Aquafina and a bunch of stuff which she's she is she's great she's great also she's another one that's kind of like you and that you can get such an idea of who she is as a real person mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like she's like a genuine person yeah yeah, yeah. so that's that's really exciting that she's out there but then you know I and I, then you're seeing like Constance Wu more things Constance Wu's uh, bangs make me scared in that yeah in the, in the, in the poster <laughs> because it's it's also in the poster she's got that like headband on so yeah, it just really feels like it I'm came scared. with the headband I, I know it's like did you buy it all at the dollar store I'm really scared about that movie I just I don't when is the last time you accidentally got bangs gosh you you know it <sighs> Not that long ago, you know. You looked so I mean, serious when I asked. You. I've made so many hair mistakes, Same. which you can do easily. Did you ever get a perm? I have not gotten a perm. Oh, okay. Well, Jason Kim got a perm and made me want to get another perm. See, that's what happens to us. Someone mm-hmm. gets a thing, and then yeah. we're like, "Oh, well, like maybe I maybe could, that's me." Yeah, maybe yeah. I could get a perm. I mean, I've had like frustration where I've just cut my own hair and been like, "I can't, I can't deal with this." Isn't it always like kind of late at night? Or, yeah. Or sometimes it's like weirdly in the afternoon mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're like, like waiting I, on something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do this and then you know so yeah maybe that's why I have uh, issue with yeah you're triggered you're bangs. triggered yeah but it's you know are you gonna get your books made into movies I hope so I hope so but that's the thing it's like I really want to adapt them myself because yeah. I don't know how else I'm gonna get my foot in the door but and also I'm just really scared that someone's gonna be like oh my god I love this so much and now the protagonist is blonde but like not like bleach blonde Asian punk rock chick just like a mm. white person think so because now it's like you know we we've seen enough i think like um you know with jenny's oh yeah to all the boys i love yeah yeah. and that you know i think we've seen enough like doing things right by her so i'm hoping that yeah but jenny's also like a virgo and a force of nature Mm -hmm. so she's just like powerful in a way that i have to like learn how to be Mm -hmm. and it just yeah so i feel like taking ownership of at least like the adaptation and the writing of it yeah hopefully will make it feel a little less uphill I mean like you know we are all kind of like in this line like when Jenny first put like a mixed Asian white girl on the cover like that was like unheard of Mm -hmm. and that is not that is not that long ago Mm -hmm. yeah and so I'm just I just keep standing on the shoulders of giants but also like I mean I would love for them to be movies but movies take so long and Mm -hmm. 
it's such a long shot that I have so much hope in my heart, but I'm certainly not being like, and then when my movie sells and I make a money off of it, like I'm certainly not holding my breath in, in that way. I think that's where the interest is also like for um, looking at Asian Americans in entertainment. The, the focus seems to be mostly on writers and mostly on the stories. Oh, so I think amazing. that's a really good thing. No, so like my, my second book is the protagonist is um, mixed Korean and Pakistani. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wanted some like South Asian, East Asian, just like, just love and appreciation yeah. and mutuality. And I remember when I was writing it, like I was like done with like the first draft and someone was just like, was just kind of like, not scoffing, but just like playfully being like, ha, good luck casting that. And I was like, but precisely. They're out there. They're and out I there. just want People these conversations to happen. Like, and even if it's not the exact right mix of like a Korean, like a Daisy person, like I want the net to be cast that much wider. Yes, and because the stories are there. You know, yeah. the stories are there and they exist. And I'm just, I'm in the middle. I'm so late to the party, but I'm in the middle of um, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Ooh. And um, I didn't realize that Darren Chris is actually half Filipino. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I feel and like so there should be a newsletter. He plays Andrew Cunanan. Oh, And Andrew yeah. Cunanan is half Filipino, who you would think, like, how do we cast that? And of course, they found somebody. Yeah, it's that some, was someone great. Yeah, somebody great. So I had no idea the about stories the stories. Enti- the stories are important. Yeah, totally. And no, it's true. Like, that show's great also. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that you're watching it. But um, I'm so glad that you made time to come and visit with me today. I'm so, so happy to I'm be so here. I'm so happy. So where can people find you and what are your Instas and uh, Twitter and handles and websites and stuff? So everything, website, Insta and Twitter are the same. It's Choi, my last name, C-H-O-I to the world. So Choi to the world. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Come see me do comedy. I'll be at the Lucky Eagle Casino in Rochester, the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio, uh, the Improv in Washington, D.C., Wise Guys at the Gateway in Salt Lake City, and uh, Club Region Casino in Winnipeg, and the River Cree Resort and Casino in Enoch. But you can find all of my dates and whatever you need to know at margaretcho.com. Something's happened to me. I think I'm finally free and Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.